You are listening to the Thinking Effect podcast with Osho Green and Lillian Kriegler. Welcome to the Thinking Effect podcast with Lillian and Otto. This is episode 14, and we're talking today about how teachers can create a safe environment where students can focus on learning. But before we start the discussion, hey, Otto, how are you doing today? I'm wonderful. Thank you, Lillian. I am I'm very happy we're doing an episode on that because it's such an important topic. So I'm really glad to, you know, talk about it and, and share a few things with educators around the globe. Yes, I mean, safety and security and a sense of belonging is always important and always has been. But particularly after COVID, where, you know, no part of the globe is immune from the effects of the COVID pandemic. And there's been a lot of stress on teachers and students trying to keep education and learning flowing. But now it seems that a lot of children are pouring back into the classroom. But, you know, they, they are not the same. The classroom's not the same. And you can never pick it up from the moment where you left it off. So... Yeah. This episode is trying to explore what can we do in the classroom now to ensure that students come back and and fit in and feel like they belong and feel safe in our classrooms. Yes, definitely. And and I think I think probably most of us, if not all of us, are facing, you know, a post-traumatic syndrome at the moment. COVID, um, COVID and, and with all the restriction around COVID has impacted us in such a profound way and in such a negative way. And so we need to slow down and acknowledge that we're not the same people. Um, as, as a teacher, I've been through a lot. My students have been through a lot. And we all come now back to school, to the classroom with a lot of baggage and a lot of maybe emotional and, and mental um, uh, problems and difficulties. And so it's important to take the time, slow down and, and really understand, okay, where are we? Where, where are my students at the moment? Where they are? Because you need to meet them where they are. They can't just jump in, like you said, back into, okay, let's just continue with where we stopped. <laughs> it's just not going to work. And, and, we see, and we see it with um, schools and classrooms across the world where there's a lot of struggle at the moment with um, students' behavior in the classroom because they've been through a lot and they missed a lot of on socializing and they've been in isolation. And so um, we need to stop and assess what's going on with them. And also with you, the teacher, I mean, you need also to have uh, self-empathy and, and compassion for yourself as well, because all the teachers have been through a lot as well. They've been required to uh, adapt quickly to different ways of teaching and learning. And, and it was a big struggle for teachers as well. And, and so it, it's important for you also to uh, don't expect too much from yourself um, and, and take the time to kind of get back into teaching in the classroom environment. Yes. Um, I mean, we're, you know, in the schools that I've been helping and supporting teachers, sometimes even this period of time when we've come back out of isolation, 
has continued to be extremely difficult because so many children are absent. And how do you get flow in your teaching, um, you know, when some children aren't there? And you're right that they've, you know, teachers had to pivot this way and that uh, every five minutes, you know, they had to start doing hybrid teaching, uh, trying to ensure that their curriculum um, kept going. And you're also right about, you know, that the emotional um, and social development. If you think about a newborn baby, and I know we're not thinking about them right now in this, but they have literally been at home for three years. They haven't even been to the shops. Yeah. And I mean, one of my friends said that her, her grandchildren only knew her as a screen. Wow. Facebook <laughs> so when she actually went to meet them, the grandchildren started to cry because the grandparents were 3D and real and they were actually quite big. <laughs> so, you know, but older children also haven't had the time with their peers in the classroom. And so some of them were very, very anxious about going back because COVID suited some children, maybe, you know, the ones who experienced some bullying in the playground, et cetera. They were fearful of coming back to school. So there are lots of things, you know, we have to be caring. We have to have conversations. We have to be aware of where they are. And as educators, I mean, all I can suggest, there's so many issues with this and, and it's going to take a long time to sort it out. But be kind to yourself and be kind to each other. I think in your centre or in your school, try and, you know, work together, check in with each other share share your experiences share your resources share your ideas so don't don't you know you, the last thing you want to be is all alone on a boat facing the sharks you really want to to you know to be doing this with other people this very difficult period in education yeah it is a very challenging time and and I agree we have to come to this situation with a lot of empathy and compassion and for example, my youngest son, Sean, in one of the many lockdowns we faced here in Melbourne, he said, mom, they're still in my childhood. So, and, and he's right. <laughs> he's absolutely right. And so as, as grown-ups, we need also to put ourselves in, in our children's shoes and think, okay, how does it look from there, from where they are, where they were locked in home here in Melbourne almost for two years, not seeing their friends, not interacting, not engaging. Uh, um it's it's you know <laughs> I can't even imagine such a childhood um it, it's not definitely far from normal childhood and what a child should experience and so uh when you come to the classroom one of the things you can do is have an open discussion with your students and I know as teachers sometimes we might worry about being vulnerable and, 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 you know, um, sharing our feelings with our students. But I think it's very important for you to do so. And obviously you want, you don't need to share everything and some things are not appropriate to share with young children, but you can share with your students, your own struggles and how you feel as a result of COVID and all of this restriction. And actually just the fact that you share this with them will help you form a much stronger bond and connection with your children and they will appreciate you more for being honest and, and trusting them and sharing what's really going on with you. And that will, will also help them trust you and share with you what's 
what are the current needs? What are the pain points? What are they struggling with at the moment? And, and having that honest conversation will help you understand what your student need and what kind of environment you need to create for them in order to meet the current needs, which obviously are different than uh, pre-COVID. And, and you can use that opportunity as well um, to come up with ideas with your students in terms of how, what can we change within our environment to support each other? Okay, we heard from, you know, different students and, and I also, as a teacher, I shared with you my needs. So, so we had the different needs within our classroom. And now we need to think how we can create an environment that supports us, where we support each other and provide each other with what we need at the moment to feel safe and calm and, and to um, get into a better emotional state. Yes, you know, I mean, differ differentiation in the classroom has always been necessary. But now it's almost like mandatory. It's what you're saying is finding out what different children need, but also to keep the curriculum moving, it might be a time to personalize the learning a little bit more. So, you know, rather than having whole class teaching, you know, each a small, smaller groups of children might be working on particular aspects of your content. So it's more manageable um, to ensure that the learning is going forward. So giving them <clears throat> different ways to, to approach the content, to give them unique projects to follow and you there as a facilitator and a supporter and you know, making sure that the steps are being taken to go forward, because then at least they're experiencing the sense of success. Um, and then because you know it's their special project, they they really love it. I mean, I you know I've worked with children where they were all writing their own story, and so if if one or two children weren't there, or three children or five children, nothing stopped you could still continue. And, you know, one group of children might go to the library and work with the librarian for the morning. Um, so we were all working on the same thing, but in differentiated ways. Uh, so that the children then feel like at least they're making progress and we're not all on hold waiting for education to start again. Um, so yeah, differentiating is one of the key things at the moment to give them a sense of self and for them to feel like they're belonging in the classroom and in the learning process. Yeah, it's very important. That sense of belonging is really crucial. And, and I see it also as an opportunity to involve parents in this process um, and as an opportunity to um, strengthen the, the community, the school community. Parents play a big role within the school community. And involving them, involving them in, in, in what you're doing with your students, firstly, will help them understand um, where their children are uh, and also to know what you're doing as a teacher to support their children within the school environment. And then you can share with them what they can do at home to support it because we're all working together, right? The educator with the parents and the students, we're all working together to achieve the same goal. And so it's important to 
have an open conversation with parents and as well and include them uh, in what you're doing, in what the children experience at school, et cetera, that will benefit everyone involved. Yes. I mean, at one of the schools where I was working, the, the parents weren't even allowed, as we know, on the, you know, into the building for a while. So they were thinking about what are the ways that we can make the parents feel welcome at the gate and in the car park, uh, you know, so that they they feel like they are part of this process. And the the what the children did was they they wrote postcards for their parents, you know, just saying how they missed them coming in the classroom. But here were some of the things that they were doing. So there's like a physical thing about communicating um, where the normal. Now, there is no kind of normal, and I don't think we are going back to a normal. We'll have a new normal. But you're right, engaging with um, parents is its always important, but even more important now as we try and, you know, find our way in the, in the, in the current education climate. Yeah, oh, I love this story. I love how the school how they took the time and and thought about, wow, the parents feel disconnected from school. So how can we bring them closer? How can we make them feel involved and included? Uh, That's brilliant because I haven't seen many schools do so. Um, Definitely not in my boys' school where parents have been just disconnected and and kind of remote from school and the learning experience, which which is not a good thing. And this is why I think now we need to spend time on building back that sense of community, that closeness with the parents and the families of our students. Yeah, well, particularly because so many parents bore the brunt of that homeschooling, um, you know, so a lot was placed on the plates of parents as well. And so, you know, finding out maybe also what their experiences have been, because there were maybe some positives, that came out of, you know, them working with their children, seeing how their children learn, understanding what teachers are providing. I do think that maybe respect for teachers did rise a little bit. But, yeah, we are all in it together. Parents, children, teachers, um, and the broader community because we need the support from um, beyond uh, school communities to get things back on track and I mean again to go back to uh, the Reggio Emilia um, you know they see things in the in a triangle so parents students and teachers all working together within this this environment um, so that we can understand each other's perspectives and the difficulties and the goals and the wishes for each of those um, different communities. Of course, yeah, and it's important to, uh, from all, all sides, to keep an open mind and come up to this conversation with empathy and compassion and understand that different people have different experience and have different views and perspectives. Um, and so being willing to um, hear and see the other person, accept their experiences and, and together see how we can build now a better environment coming out of COVID, how we can, uh, it's an opportunity actually 
to design a better learning environment and design a stronger community. Yes, you're so absolutely perfectly right. So the what of our conversation today is, you know, that teachers can create a safe environment where children can focus on learning. When we are in a struggle, very often we're in flight, fight, or freeze. And I think, you know, we'll see children with each of those things. They'll be trying to run away. They'll be arguing with you or each other or their parents, or they're just frozen. So we want an environment where children get through that sense of survival to actually be able to learn. The why is that, you know, we can't stop the learning process and wait for things to just get better by themselves. We have to be proactive. And the how is to open our ears, listen to different perspectives, listen to the needs, then to plan for those needs, to create an environment, design learning that is going to help children go forward, even if it's in different ways than we've worked before, including parents um, and creating and building a strong community where education is important and where education goes forward. Thank you. That was a wonderful summary, Liliane. <laughs> And, um, and again, we love hearing from you, uh, wonderful teachers from around the globe. So please write to us uh, to the Thinking Effect podcast at gmail.com and share with us your stories. Share with us how you're handling uh, post-COVID, how you're handling going back to school, what's going on in your classroom, and what are you doing to create a better and supportive learning environment for your students post-COVID. We love hearing from you, so um, feel free to write to us. That's right. Well, look after yourselves and look after each other. And next week we'll come back and our new episode is How Can Teachers Create a Classroom Culture Where Great Thinkers Can Thrive? So a little bit more meat on the bones of creating a culture in your classroom. See you then.